sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. A friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, first. okay, so this time. What it is is that they constantly question the qualifications of black women, and that's why people are saying that she's unprepared. And oh, I disagree. I think she's you can disagree, but that's woman. the truth of it. And so- that's all that it is. It's it's black women. It's color and it's sex. It's not competency or embarrassment. No, nope, not at all. Let's let's send her to represent the United States on the world stage at what could be the beginning of something as serious as World War III. Brilliant maneuver. 9.37, we continue now on a Monday, and thanks for being with us. Let's welcome Congressman Jim Jordan back to our program as he joins us each and every Monday. Congressman, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Did you have a good weekend? I did. I did. We got to see our uh, youngest son and his wife and give a speech over and for uh, over in Indiana for a colleague, so uh, it's all nice. good. Very good, very good. Well, how while you were you? while you were oh busy, busy, we were at the Right to Life, Cleveland Right to Life. I emceed the event uh, both Friday and Saturday, oh, Fif- fifteen hours each day. You got to come by there one of these years. Yeah, you got to come by there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing experience. The 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 pro life movement in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, is super super strong and getting stronger. So, um, and this might be there. We finally reverse road, but I don't want to talk about that right yeah. now. Let's yeah. let's talk about the matters at hand, Congressman Jordan. Um, I, sure. I played that clip there at the beginning because. You know, it is it is as serious as it sounds when I say, I'm not being melodramatic or hyperbolic when I say that we're talking about potentially the tipping point here of World War III. It's not just what Putin is doing in Ukraine. Uh, you know, he is threatening other NATO nations. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, he, uh, President Zelensky is telling NATO nations, you know, uh, if you aren't careful here and don't give us some air support here and missiles start hitting NATO soil, you're going to have to get involved in here, even though we're not part of NATO. And that could launch something much, much bigger. And as you know, China is watching very closely to see what our mm-hmm. response is. No, it's serious. It's and, serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and our response isn't serious because our response is to send that giggling buffoon over there to not know where she is or what she's there for. And, and, and I don't know how that projects the strength on the world stage that we once projected, well, for the last four years. Right, right. No, that's the biggest concern because you, you, you know the answer to your question. It doesn't project strength, and that's, that's the problem, and I would argue, and we've talked about this before, that's why we're in the situation we're in and, and why, unfortunately, this terrible thing has happened to the Ukrainian people. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, what was it, a week or so ago, she talked about, well, Russia's a big country, Ukraine's a smaller country, they're in Europe, and, you know, that, and it's like, <laughs> you know, stop, stop treating us like second graders. We, we, can, we, can, we can see that, for goodness sake. So um, I just feel like there's been so many things that the Biden administration has done wrong. Um, this is dangerous and, and scary, but it shouldn't surprise us because what have they done right in what now? 14 months of, uh, of being in, in control of the government. Yeah, well, and and we talk about that obviously all the time, all of the different things that have gone wrong, and I look for some positive development, and I and I'm like you, I can't really find one, but it's 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 particularly frightening in this particular case because of who, uh, you know, what she's representing. In fact, I've been saying this for a while now when I talk to you that I'm so concerned about the state of our military, which is more concerned with pronouns than than preparedness. Um, that we better not get into a war. Our State Department, our di- diplomatic efforts better be top-notch, because if it ever comes down to fighting, I don't know that we're going to be in a position to to be successful. And so here's the diplomacy, this State Department well, and that <clears throat> vice president. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm worried about the diplomacy. I, I will tell you this. I think our, our, our men and women in uniform are the best in the world. I do have concerns about the folks at the top of the military who are pushing this, uh, you know, the CRT and, and the, you know, we would name your pronouns and all that kind of baloney. Uh, we should be focused on and making sure our, our, our troops are ready to go. I think that the rank and file, just like I think, just like I think in, in the FBI, the rank and file agents, I mean, we've had, we've had whistleblowers come forward to give us information. I think the rank and file agents are good. It's the people at the top, the folks in Washington that typically screw things up. And frankly, I, I think you're, 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 We've seen that time and time again with various agencies. So um, that's my big concern. Um, but, yeah, this is as serious as it gets. You need serious people doing serious diplomacy like we had with Mike Pompeo, the President uh, Trump's administration. And I just don't see it now because we've talked about this as well. The same people running the, the, the State Department and foreign policy now are the ones who were there with – who gave us Benghazi and handled it during Obama. It's, it's, it's Victoria Newland, it's Wendy Sherman, it's Bill Burns, it's Susan Rice, it's Jake Sullivan, it's the same crowd, uh, Tony Blinken, it's the same crowd of people. And, of course, now we add to that mix uh, Vice President well, uh, Harris. And we have to add to that mix, of course, as well, the point man in the Iran nuclear negotiations, John Kerry, who is still pretty yeah. much making his own decisions, kind of running his own foreign policy there. And as we know, uh, getting back into an Iran nuclear deal is going to be disastrous for the United States and for Israel, among others. Uh, and they're allowing, the Iranians are allowing the Russians... Uh, to to bull double duty here, the Russians are in one hand they're they're invading Ukraine, a sovereign nation, killing and destroying innocent people and bombing civilians, and then they're also negotiating on behalf of Iran with the United States and putting together a new version of the JCPOA, uh, and and all while all the while, Congressman Jordan, an Iranian missile was fired, fired yeah. near a U.S. consulate in Iraq. No, you can't make this up. Though. So an Iranian missile gets fired near the Iranian consulate in in, in Iraq. And, and supposedly the Biden administration, supposedly they're trying to, to go back into this agreement with Iran, back in the Iran deal, and Russia's the enemy. You can't make this up. That is like, what? What are you guys doing? So, uh, again, I think here's the good news of, out of it all, uh, if, we can, if we can point to any good news. It's the American people have figured these guys out. The American people understand this administration hasn't done one thing right. They look at their foreign policy. They look at the decisions they're making. They look at the $4, $5 gas depending on what state you live in. They look at all that and they said, this, this administration has, has screwed up everything. And I think and I hope there is a change coming in, um, in November. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, and, and let's talk about a change that is needed as, as we talk about the legislature. We're talking to Jim Jordan, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee and also our 4th Congressional District Representative. Um, I, I want to talk about the bill, the Ukrainian aid bill uh, that was passed in a bipartisan way just a couple of days ago. And I want to talk about what else was in that bill. Um, a number of Republicans did not vote for that bill, arguing that it is not obviously a standalone Ukraine aid bill. Uh, yep, we, now, we now have the return of earmarks back in, in uh, uh, allowed and available in all legislation that comes before Congress, which, of course, is one of the reasons we got into this devastating national debt uh, picture that we are in. So yep. tell, me, tell me what was you know, behind your vote, and uh, tell me how you feel about the fact that well, they tied the earmarks into Ukrainian uh, aid. Well, they tied it all together. It's 1.6 yeah, it's a big omnibus, a big omnibus bill, right? Yeah, and it's going to go. To, it's going to be one bill in the Senate. They made it two in the House because they had the security portion of the bill and the non-security portion of the bill. 
Uh, but but it, it, it all gets merged together when it gets to the Senate. So it's one big ugly bill with, as you said, now earmarks. What what, what what's being called congressionally directed spending, uh, better known as better known as earmarks. <laughs> the the yeah. big takeaway the big takeaway I had was, tell me what they did to fix the border problem in that bill. They didn't do anything. In fact, it made it worse. The bill made it worse because it sent a bunch of money for CIS agents, but but these agents aren't going to stop people from coming over. They're just going to process the people who are entering illegally faster. That's what. So it didn't do anything to address the inflation problem. You he said that in the State of the Union. Remember, you and yeah, I talked he, about it. He said right, that in the State right. of the Union. Exactly. So it, it's not helping the border problem. It's not going to help the inflation. You spend one point six trillion dollars more, you're, you're going to you're going to exacerbate the inflation problem. So it's going to hurt the inflation problem. I didn't see anything in this bill that's going to help with the, with the crime situation. Didn't see anything. Maybe most importantly, that's going to help with the energy situation in our country as well. So so the big problems in our country, crime, energy, the border, and inflation, nothing in the bill was going to help those things. And I would argue, in many ways, it was going to exacerbate the already terrible situation we have with each of those issues. Well, you might be at odds, Congressman Jordan, with the uh, Speaker of the House when you say that. And I'm going to play a clip here. Uh, that is, It's not the best microphone that she was on. It's uh, kind of staticky and hard to understand. But I think you'll get the gist, and I want your response to this. over 20 years is saved. So when we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary. So if you couldn't make that out all the way, and for our listeners... Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, just said that this trillion-dollar spending bill and others like it are not adding to the national debt and, in fact, are doing the opposite. It decreases the (laughs) national... She said that. You heard her. It decreases the national debt, Congressman Jordan, and it's not inflationary. Yeah, just like Joe Biden said that, you know, inflation was transitory, inflation was temporary. Then he told us if we spend a couple trillion bucks, it's going to help inflation. I mean, you, you... you can't believe that the, the statements are coming. And everyone knows that that statement, spending trillions of dollars, is going to help inflation. Everyone, like, what? No one believes that statement has got any common sense. But this is this. She is said it literally Democrat. lowers the national debt. So I'm looking at that debt yeah. clock, which anybody what? can find online, and I'm looking for it to start going in reverse because because yeah. of the spending. But and I don't see it yet. I mean, where yeah. am I missing it or what? Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, addition is really subtraction. I guess that's that's what she's saying. Addition is really subtraction. Uh, even though in second grade you learned that that was that those are two different things. So, um, I mean, again, this is Nancy Pelosi. This is Democrats. Uh, like I said earlier, the American people have long figured this out. Um, that that you you can't you can't you can't buy into the crazy things that you hear from uh, from from the other side. Some members of your party, back to Ukraine, uh, are in you know because we're all trying to figure out exactly what impact. Uh, what happens there is going to have on us here at home, uh, you know, in terms of pricing, in terms of energy, in terms of everything else that is uh, that is shipped because of energy costs and fuel costs. But um, with respect to turning turning back the Russian advances, which could extend and expand this thing, President Zelensky said, um, "We need you to come and patrol our air. We need you to close our airspace off to these people, or else it's only going to get worse." A couple of members of your party that I've just heard recently, including Lindsey Graham and uh, 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 Kinzinger, who's we know what he is, but uh, but he is a Republican. They have said Zelensky's right. They're essentially calling for us to provide air support, either through our own pilots or at least providing the jets that can be flown to provide that air support in defiance of the Russian advance. Where where do you stand on that? Well, no, I, we've talked about this too, but I think we got to be real careful 
um, about uh, any any type of direct engagement now with with uh, with Russia. So look, we need to help Ukraine. What's happened to them is as wrong as wrong can be. Um, we we their 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 heroism and and frankly the leadership from from President Zelensky, an example he has set for his people, I think is just tremendous. But um, we got to we we can help them with with humanitarian aid. We can help them. Europe should be helping them for goodness sake. This is in Europe. Uh, and, and weapons that we've sent there that, that President Trump sent, javelin missiles, and that, that's all good. But I think we've got to be real careful about the, the step that some of my colleagues are talking about. I think it's a minority of our colleagues are talking in, in, that, in that way. Uh, and, I, and I think that's, that's um, we've got to be extremely careful about this. Remember, we, we, we stood looking at the Soviet Union for, you know, from, from the end of World War II all the way until, what, 1989, 1990, 1991, uh, when, when the Berlin Wall fell. And um, never directly engaged with the Soviet Union like you would if you have American fighter pilots engaging with Russian fighter pilots. We never did that during the entire time it was the Soviet Union. And they even came to Cuba, for goodness sake, and the, the Cuban Missile Crisis that, that uh, President Kennedy and our government navigated uh, some 50 years ago. So uh, 60 years ago, excuse me. So mm-hmm. I think we got to be really careful about, uh, about what some are suggesting. Does that calculus change at all, Congressman? If, as the uh, uh, as President Zelensky said, that if a Russian missile falls on NATO territory, which he says is inevitable, if we don't help them, quote, close the sky, if a NATO territory is hit by a Russian missile at all, does that does that change everything? Well, I mean, again, we, you know, we don't want to get into the hypotheticals here, but we, we kind of have, have to though. With, kind of kind of have well, to. We though, got agreement. We, we we got agreements with with uh, uh, fellow NATO uh, allies and and with you know the the, the treaty with NATO. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll I think we'll evaluate that if when when circumstances if and when circumstances change. But all I'm saying is I think it's we got to be we got to help Ukraine, but we also got to be really sensitive and really careful about uh, what that help looks like. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree, but I I I'm sure that in the Pentagon, and I'm sure that in uh, uh, in the Oval Office, and I'm sure in in a lot of congressional offices, there are contingency plans being worked out uh, that say mm-hmm. if this happens, then this; if that happens, then this. These are our potential oh, sure. responses. That's, and if a, I mean, that's, because that's, of our alliance in NATO, if a, if a NATO country is hit, and that NATO country wants, you know, to to do something about it, we are obligated to. And, and yeah, again, no, that changes that, that changes I, the the calculus. I, I, I mean, I understand, I understand that, and, and let's let's hope that, you know, that's why you have a Joint Chiefs of Staff, that's why you have the Secretary of Defense, and you have these these smart people who who are looking at this. Let's hope, in fact, that's happening. I assume it is, um, and I'm I'm sure it is. Um, but we want to wait and see what all those situations what, what that looks like. Uh, yeah, I, I concur, and we we certainly can't jump the gun on it. I'm just wondering what the uh, response could be or should be should that happen. Last last thing, um, you know, we have not talked in any depth uh, about COVID now, probably in a few different conversations, uh, and it's because I think herd immunity is reached, and uh, everybody knows that Omicron came through. It's very mild, and it came through, and it was so highly infectious, it really gave a ton of people the protection that they need now. So all of the mask mandates, or the vast majority of them, are being lifted, and so forth. But, Congressman, I just want to ask you about this. The CEO of Pfizer came out yesterday and declared yeah, a fourth that. booster or a fourth <laughs> shot and a second booster is necessary because of the waning effectiveness of the first. Is this not just a pure profit grab at this point by uh, the cartel known as Pfizer? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean who knows? Uh, I mean, it, it sure makes you wonder. Um, what I, what I do know is that we haven't seen Fauci in I don't know how long, uh, and thank goodness that, you know, so many of these mandates are now gone and we can get back to freedom. Um, 
And I also know that just about everything Fauci told us turned out to be the real misinformation. I mean, I think we've done this before, but, but you know, I, I call them the nine, the nine, nine, nine misstatements or, you know, things that they told us that were wrong. And they, first of all, Biden told us he had a plan. He obviously didn't. Biden told us he'd never impose a mandate. Well, he did, so much so the Supreme Court had to say it was unconstitutional. Uh, they said it didn't come from a lab. It wasn't gain a function, and we didn't pay for it. Those three things look like they're all false. They said the vaccinated couldn't get it. They said the vaccinated can't transmit it. They said there's no such thing as natural immunity, and they told us that masks work. So now they're telling us they need a fourth shot. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little skeptical uh, based on everything else they told us that turned out not to be so accurate. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But let's uh, let's hope that we're done with this stuff, and uh, we don't we know ever have these these Democrats take try to take us back to the mandates they put on us for two years. You know, speaking of Dr. Fauci, um, I don't know how close you are with the FBI, but um, uh, is there any truth to the to the rumor that he's now in the witness protection program? That's why nobody can find him. <laughs> that's that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. well, he, he, we sure haven't seen him. I think it's I think it's all because of the polling. The Democrats did that said, "Oh, the, the country doesn't like this too well." Uh, and Shazam! It literally changed, literally changed overnight. We went from "You got to wear a mask" to the State of the Union to Shazam! You don't have to do it. <laughs> and the next day, Joe Biden wore masks and he took it off. And later than that, and by, by the fourth day, he was okay. We're done. We're done wearing masks. So it, it happened pretty darn quick. Uh, but that was driven by the polling. I think they looked at. Well, he's so confused, he can't remember on or off, and uh, or, or right or left or up or down for crying out loud. But you're right. Yeah, it, it, you know, it is it is very confusing. And Dr. Fauci, who was on every single station, every single show, every single day, has been MIA for a while. And I wonder if he's not in witness protection. Congressman Jordan, thank you for the insights. We appreciate your uh, your candor all the time. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Thank, thank you. Nine fifty three. Time out. Always right. AM fourteen twenty. The answer.